The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today we're going to discuss marketing in Africa. Joining us is Oti Ukabenje, who is the VP of Product Marketing and Growth at Tarragon Limited, which is Africa's leading data aggregation, enrichment, and activations company. Tarragon helps companies make intelligent decisions and build personal experiences for consumers, specifically in Africa. Yesterday, OT and I talked about whether you should expand your targeting into Africa and a little bit more about the African market in general. And today we're going to talk about CDPs and the lack of data in Africa. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with OT Ukabenje, VP of Product Marketing and Growth at Tarragon Limited. OT, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Glad to be here again, Ben. Excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about A, some of the cultural differences, some of the economic differences, and some of the business differences of living in Africa. And my takeaway is it is, broadly speaking, I know it's a continent, but it's a developing market. There are pockets of maturity. You mentioned South Africa. Countries like Egypt have been relatively developed in terms of their economy. But for the larger part of Africa, there's a 40% internet penetration. We're dealing with a little bit of a lack of education and infrastructure. And so where we landed the plane yesterday was the opportunity in Africa is for the companies that are going to deliver that infrastructure, the communications company, the transportation companies, the financial payment processing companies have done very well in Africa, but things like e-commerce and luxury services, well, not so much. One thing that I want to talk to you more about is what is life like when you're marketing in Africa? Is there the same type of data flow or the channels the same? Tell me a little bit more about marketing in Africa. If there's anywhere where test and learn happens, I think it's more in Africa than anywhere else. Why do you say that? That's because there's hardly enough data for you to make very, very smart inferences from the beginning. So it's usually just go in, see how it goes and learn the process and optimize. That's a general business approach. In most cases, you can never be too equipped from a data perspective, unlike you would find in most other places where data is readily available. It's hardly available around here. So you basically have to adopt the test and learn approach. 
It's interesting. One of the things you mentioned yesterday is because the digital penetration is relatively low across the continent, that most of the marketing is happening in offline channels. Obviously, that creates problems with data collection and evaluation. Before we get back into the data, tell me about what some of the key marketing channels are. Are we just talking out of home? Is it radio and broadcast? What are some of the ways that marketers are reaching consumers broadly in Africa? From a scale perspective, I think you put it in order of TV, radio, out of home, and then digital. And digital will then be broken into two, online, offline. Offline being mobile marketing, such as SMS and other related offline mobile channels. So the way that I think in the United States, it would be for a lot of brands, digital first, probably social media and more display advertising driven to raise your awareness. Then you're getting into direct communications like email and SMS. And then the other channels are trickling behind with your awareness building, television, radio, print, out of home, those other types of channels. When you think about data collection, you mentioned that that's a struggle. Part of it is because, well, the channels that are being used don't actually create a lot of data like your television, radio, and out of home. Is there a difference in terms of the type of data you can collect in Africa, or is it just purely that marketers are using channels that don't create a lot of data? When you look at the sort of digital channels that you have where you can get access to data offline, which is SMS, constitutes about more than 50 to 60% of that. So you're left with social media, you're left with display advertising and the likes. Now, for these to be effective data collection points, then you would imagine that the services that these channels are driving need to be very digital as well. But that's not the case. Some of the bigger spenders take away sports betting, which is a very interesting category of advertisers across most of the markets that allow it, because they seem to be driving massive volume of digital advertising spend. The traditional banks and the consumer brands are some of the top spenders as well. But these guys are not fully equipped from a digital perspective. So you'll find that most of it is just awareness-based activities. So you don't have a proper data collection loop that allows you to then say, okay, we can harness data in large volumes to reuse for other purposes. So it's just purely awareness and that's where it ends. If this was a very heavy digital performance oriented markets, even from the channels being used, like the display channels and the social channels, if it's from a performance perspective, there will be the deliberate collection of this data for reuse. But it's usually a one unidirectional thing where a lot of people just advertise predominantly for the awareness, and that's where it ends. Then when you look at it from an offline perspective, it's a one-way communication stream, right? So you push out the message, and that's about it. There's not much to collect in how people are responding or what people are doing. So that's majorly the challenge we face when it comes to data collection from a digital advertising perspective. And we are increasingly seeing different verticals, the fintechs, the sports betting and all that, who are now really, really doubling down on harnessing data that they can use for optimized marketing purposes. And that's where a lot of opportunities springing up for CDP companies to sort of have access to some of that data and reach it from the likes of telcos. So today in this market, 
the telcos are still the largest providers of consumer data for any type of digital marketing purpose. It primarily comes from there and next to that being the social platforms. So we would find out that a lot of people now rely on data from the telcos to power CDPs that can be used to enrich companies who are serious about collecting and utilizing data for their marketing purpose predominantly the fintechs, the sports betting, and the banks who have managed to evolve themselves into digital banks, so to speak. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. It's interesting that you mentioned CDPs are sort of a a popular topic in Africa, where to me, it seems like that would be one of the marketing tools and the SaaS tools that would be less useful just because if there is a lack of data, what's the point of a CDP? You have less to analyze, so you could probably do it without having the type of infrastructure. But what I'm hearing from you is data is so valuable because it's scarce, you need these platforms to be able to collect hard and so it's kind of like what we would have here with LiveRamp, which has household information on most people in the United States. It's a great resource for marketers to be able to understand who they're marketing to in an anonymous fashion, blended with something like segment or treasure data, which is how you're actually categorizing and manipulating the data to suit your business terms. Are CDPs different in Africa than they are here? Are they purely data collectors and aggregators, or are they actually a place where you can go and basically buy data for targeting? There's hardly a place where you can go now to buy data for targeting. That's a scarce one. In markets like South Africa, you get a lot of that from credit-related data. But because a lot of retail activity, for example, is still offline, retail data is scarce. There's just one or two guys that are very deliberate about collecting their offline retail data and trying to make that available from an audience perspective for commercialization. I think there's only one person I know about that, a shop writer. So 
In most cases, unlike developed markets where a typical offline retailer would have a robust online presence, and you have cases where the journey can start offline and be completed offline or vice versa, that's not a very common affair here. So for that reason, retail data sits in silos. The primary sources right now are the telcos and the fintech companies because their business is by default digital first. Consumers have to come online to access them. So they have this data and they can make that available. So I think predominantly what we have at our disposal here is transactional data from fintechs, as well as mobile telco operator data, which we usually demographic data and the product usage data. So in markets like Kenya, for example, where mobile payments or mobile money has fully exploded, that is a very interesting scenario because even that mobile money system is powered by a telco. So the largest telco in Kenya, Safaricom, is sitting on both communication data as well as transactional data. To some extent, because the mobile money system there, M-Pesa, which is the predominant method of payment, is used to pay for almost every service, it now serves as a decent source for retail data as well. So Kenya has a more robust data collection system because of a sort of unified system between telco and payments compared to markets like Nigeria, where there's a ton of players when it comes to the fintech space and there's a decent split between the telcos here who do not have much play in the fintech system. So I think people, once they understand the benefits of a CDP, start to demand it. However, the CDPs are not data-fed enough to meet the demands of customers. So there are CDPs here, even some of the guys like Telium and Segment are playing in this market, but most of what they can offer really is the technology and the intelligence of a CDP, but it is starved of the data that can make it very relevant to the businesses that need it. It's really interesting thinking about the lack of data, mostly when it comes to commercial transactional data. You know, I think, well, okay, I'm going to go buy something. I, I don't even bring a wallet with me now. I have my phone. I have my watch. I could tap it on whatever vendor, whoever I'm going to buy food. Even my kids, when I buy ice cream at the park, the guy that is pushing the cooler around takes Venmo. We hardly even use cash. It's not like someone in the southern Sudan is going to whip out their credit card in local market. That's just not how transactions happen. And so the impact for marketers is that there is no transactional data. So the resources that we're restricted to are telecoms, financial transactions, which are honestly not really e-commerce related. They're probably more person to person there's just a limited amount of data. And so making sure that you can access whatever data you can get and start to manipulate it means that you're probably going to be a more effective marketer. But the trick isn't how can you analyze the data? It's not an analysis problem. It's an access problem. It's the exact opposite issue that we have here in the United States and developed markets. Oh my gosh, we have so much data. How do we figure out which customers to reach? In Africa, it's, we don't have any data. How do we do some marketing and then try to evaluate if it's working or not? And I'm assuming a lot of that is just based on intuition and local market feel. Exactly. Which is why I said it's a lot of test and learn. You know, the biggest takeaway I have, for, and honestly, I think this is fascinating. My biggest takeaway is marketing in Africa feels very much 
like marketing in the early 90s in the United States where, yeah, sure, we had a digital presence. Absolutely. There was e-commerce and some platforms were starting to come online, but most people were still working off of things like radio, TV, and print. And the ability to evaluate those campaigns is really difficult. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with O.T. Ukabenje, who is the VP of Product Marketing and Growth at Tarragon Limited. Join us again tomorrow for part three of this interview, where O.T. and I will talk about preparing for a cookie-less Africa. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about O.T., you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is O.T.L.O.X. O-T-I-L-O-X. Or you can visit his company's website, which is tarragongroup.com. T-E-R-R-A-G-O-N-G-R-O-U-P.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.